Jesus, we thank You that we get to look into Your Word and that Your Word is a seed that gets planted. We know that our heart is the soil. So will You prepare our hearts right now? Will You remove anything that's in the way? If our hearts got hard anywhere, thank You that in Scripture You show us that You can take a hard heart and make it soft, make it a heart of flesh. So will You do that right now? We also, uh, yeah, just position ourselves to hear from You. So we submit to you now. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection on us and our children. We pray that in this hedge of protection, you bring healing, you bring freedom, you bring direction, and just everything that you know our people need. God, we also pray for anyone who's without hope. I pray in this moment that you'd knock on the door of their heart, that by your grace, you draw them out yourself so they can open up that door and receive you as their Savior. We pray this all in your precious name. And everyone believe it said, amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. So good to have you in the house, and we've got some good weather in Cape Town. You guys know it. I love living in Cape Town. I love living in South Africa. Only reason Jesus is taking along with heaven is He doesn't want to disappoint Cape Townians. Everyone believed it said, "Amen." And and you guys never knew we were ahead of the crowd. Hey, I know they blackouts now. There's a, we've got a family who lives between us and Germany in our Camps Bay location. They've already got their blackouts. Um, their load shedding schedule. So you guys thought we were going backwards. We were just actually leading the way and getting ahead of the crowd. You guys didn't know that we're leaders there. So you can start your Zoom calls on how to get through load shedding with the UK and Germany. I don't know, I'm cracking bad jokes. You guys think it's, I just try to lift you guys up. You know, if you're getting downcast, you go, oh, it's better over there, better over there. It's better wherever God wants you to be. That's the safest place for your life in God's will, not in just your plans. Many are man's plans, uh, but the end it leads to Anyway, let's not go there. Um, but we know in God's will for our life. So we're blessed. We're stoked to be here. And I'll remind you that our Christmas tickets, listen, you've got your 8.30, your 10, your 11.30, and your 6. All you need to do is write down your name and how many tickets you're taking. It's going to be for the whole family. So it's going to be an experience your children will also enjoy. It won't be awkward in any way. They get to enjoy it. They get to uh, really enjoy the whole experience. We, we are, of course, starting at multiple three services on the 4th. Um, on the 11th, uh, we are doing four services here. And then on Thursday, the 15th in the evening, it's a Thursday evening at Camps Bay, on the Camps Bay High School field. We'll be watching the sunset, doing a Christmas carols evening. So slightly different to the production. So you can come out there on the Thursday, bring your picnic basket, and you can do sort of two Christmas experiences. So why don't you get your tickets straight after the service? The reason we do tickets, it just helps us host the services better. So we can tell you when this one's got 800 seats booked out already, then we can say there's still another 100 in that service. So we can do 800 per service over year, over four. We can do just over 400 at Malpus per service. And then at Camps Bay Field, we can do a few thousand. So uh, we're pretty pumped to really host the community and celebrate Christmas together. So we, last week we did a mental health Sunday. My wife spoke. She's a medical doctor, and her and I lead the church. She would have spoken from a doctor's perspective and then a pastor's perspective around mental health. If you haven't heard that, you can go to our YouTube page or to our iTunes, and you can get help because you might be able to go, you, you'll read it, you'll, you'll, I mean, you'll hear it, and then be able to identify what season you're in and how you can get help if you do need help. And, and yeah, just not live with the stigma that you isolate yourself, but actually um, hear it 
and get as much help as you need. Today, I want to speak around identity. And they are linked in the means of a lot of people struggle with anxiety and stress around their identity. So I want to, I want to preach into that. And Graham, our founding pastor, wrote a phenomenal course around identity in God. So at the end of the message, I'm actually going to use points from, from his, his course. And then next Sunday, we're going into 21 days of gratitude. Okay, for, we're going to preach into gratitude over three weeks, gratitude, contentment, and just really what it does for you. One of the keys way, key ways to get over anxiety is by stirring up gratitude. So we're going to do 21 days of gratitude. You're going to write a 21-day journal. You're going, to, you're going to journal what you're grateful for over 21 days. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it personally in your own journal. Nobody else has to know, but we're going to encourage everyone to do that. We really believe we're going to set you up for December. Because we all know when you're a bit more grateful, you find it way easier to relate to other people and your family. So that Christmas lunch can be a good one this year. <laughs> Everyone said amen. You know what I mean? Like, so, so I encourage you, don't miss out as we go on that journey. So, yeah, in our identity, uh, ide uh, discovering our identity in God allows us to answer the question, who am I? That's the key thing we need to do in discovering identity because everyone's got that question. We need to discover it in God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. The new has come. So if you've got a past, you've got things that have weighed you down in Christ, you are a new creation. And yes, you might have a past, but that past has lost its grip. It's the old part of you. It's actually the weaker part of you. You are now strong in the Lord, and you are a new creation in Christ. You and I need to position ourselves in that place and almost remind ourselves, if we are in Christ, that we are a new creation. Every single person in this room has a self-identity. It's the way you see or perceive yourself. And like I said, it's the answer to who am I. See, our identity also shapes and uh, how, how you relate to the world you live in. So even your, your, in your marriage life, with your children, um, with your work life, it's so important to actually understand who you are in God. So as time goes on, you and I really become what we think. So the key thing is you have to deal with what you think about yourself. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so easy. So, so what you think about yourself can end up determining, and it does end up determining who, how you live. And it's so important to get ahead in life. Yes, get ahead. I'm playing on the, on the word. But, but you have to get ahead by sorting out what's going on in your head. You have to become clear about what God thinks about you. Because identity describes the way you think about yourself. And because it does, there's a real possibility that you're not thinking clearly about yourself. There's a massive chance that you are not thinking God's thoughts about you. We see right throughout the Bible, we see men and women who are not thinking God's thoughts about themselves. You see Gideon, he's hiding in, in a, um, on the pressing floor, thresh, the threshing floor. Um, Israel's going through a hard season. There's an enemy out there. He's hiding from them. And then an angel of the Lord comes to him and says, mighty warrior. He's like, you got the wrong dude. You've got the wrong guy. Are you in the wrong place? No, no. I'm in the right place. And the things I'm saying about you is actually what God thinks about you. 
No, no, I've never thought about myself. He says, yeah, let, me, let, me in, let, you, let me let you in on what I think about myself. He says, I'm the least. I'm from the least. He thinks the least about himself, and he's now living in that space. He's hiding. He's shrunk back. But the angel says, no, no, mighty warrior. And there's this battle to break out of what you're thinking about yourself and step into what God thinks about you. And it's going to require faith. David delivers some lunch for his brothers. On the battlefield, Israel is, is shrink, shrunk back. They, they're hiding. The Goliath taunting them, say, you send out your greatest warrior. And whoever wins that nation will end up serving that nation. David goes, I'll do it. Why? Because he actually was living in what God thought about him. He knew that this guy was coming against God. And he was a child of God and God would be for him. And you and I, are gonna, it's going to require faith to step into what God says about us. Today at the end, I'm going to declare some things about what God says about you. And hopefully if you need to, you go on the journey and you'll start to actually put that in front of you. It's one of the key ways to get over anxiety and stress is to fill your life with God's truth. Because you must remember, it says the enemy's a liar. He's the prince of lies. And it also says he's the accuser of the brethren. That's his role. He has no ability to tell the truth. He will always tell you lies. And a lot of us are living our lives based on the lies of the enemy. And you and I need the truth of God. So our identity does get formed over time. And it's based on a number of factors. Here's some of the factors. Nationality. Family, position in the family, personality type, gifts and talents, education, if you're wealthy or you're poor, your past, your upbringing, your relationships with parents, siblings, friends, spouse, success or failure at the workplace, a shock or a tragedy, a death, a divorce, abuse. Sadly, even experiences from our childhood have caused so many doubts when it comes to our worth and our value. So maybe it's the role you play right now. You're, you're, you're a spouse, you're a parent, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're a manager, you're a boss, you're a trainee, you're a work colleague. All these things can shape our identity. So how you're affected um, by these factors, how you're affected will determine um, if you have a negative or positive self-identity. Let's face it, there are going to be crises in life. There are going to be things that change about our life. There's also going to be unexpected changes. For some, it's been the death of a spouse, divorce, job loss, business failure, a financial crunch. You lose your home. We even see famous people. They lose influence. Um, they lose popularity. And some even commit suicide. Listen, I've seen in the press, I always look at some great sportsmen. Currently now, and I don't know the full story, but according to the press, because we don't know if it's all truth, but Tom Brady, he, he's won the most Super Bowls. He's had a long career. And then it says, he said in, in retiring recently, he got sad, depressed. And then he goes back to play American football without telling his wife. The agreement on retirement was that he would focus on his family. This is supposedly what the press said. And now they, I'm praying that they can work through this and not get divorced because that'd be terrible for him and his wife and his kids. But here's something I need to point out. When you and I go through an identity crisis, there's a big chance we're going to become very selfish. Don't 
let what's valuable be knocked by your identity crisis. Sort it out. Don't leave your life to chance. Don't just think, I'm going to... If you are shrinking back and isolating your identity crisis, I promise you what's valuable is getting hurt. And you could lose what you actually work for. And you could get fixated on temporary things. So please, I get it. Everyone goes through an identity crisis and there is challenging times. And because of that, it means that you and I need to get fixated and focus, fix our thoughts on what God says about us. Why do we have a problem with our identity? Because we try to find it in what's temporary. We try to find it in things that come to an end. We try to find it in seasons instead of eternal things. See, Scripture says you and I are aliens on this earth. We're citizens of heaven. That's the truth. What does that teach us? Please do not do yourself a disservice of trying to find your identity in the temporary life here on earth. This life is a blessing and to be enjoyed, but it's not here to give us our identity. It's not here to be the foundations to what we're building. And when we use temporary things to put for our foundations, we always know there's a future of breakdown coming. There's a future where things will be broken in our life. And our marriages, our children will also be affected. Don't let brokenness become part of your future. Build your life with eternal foundation that can't be shaken. And of course, it says a person who hears God's words and puts it into practice is like a wise person who builds his life on a rock. But a person who doesn't builds his life with weak materials and a storm comes and knocks them over. Of course, evidence of an identity crisis is general unhappiness, depression, uneasiness, and confusion. And, and a lot of us can go through it. Uh, maybe it's your empty nest season. You've had children, they're leaving, so you buy five dogs. And then they eat everything in your house. And nobody wants to visit you anymore because every uh, it's all broken now. The dog's had it. And I get that, but, but this is another thing. You're going through identity crisis. You're single. You say, you know what? If I get married, I will be happy. Now you get married. You turn to that guy and you go, you are going to make me happy. And then he doesn't make you happy. And then you turn to him and say, you were supposed to make me happy. You were supposed to be my everything. You were supposed to fulfill me like Tom Cruise said to that other girl on the show. And you know what you're doing to your spouse? You're asking them to be God. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to fail miserably. And then you're going to blame them the rest of your life. But it's your fault. You asked a human being to be God. Human beings are very bad at being God. We saw Jim Carrey in that movie. He was terrible at it. Then you go, you know what what I'm going to do? If I have children, then I'm going to be happy. So you have children. And they cry in the night. They call out to you. They take away your sleep, but they need you. And you feel more fulfilled. You stop doing anything. You quit all your serving because now you found purpose. I'm here for my children. That's my purpose in life. Then they become teenagers. They say, do you mind if you don't tell anyone that we know each other? Drop me your 5Ks from school. And now you're going through another identity crisis. 
Because your children don't need you anymore. Your life was all about your children needing you. The hard part is if you are using your children for your identity, you're going you're gonna to knock heads at one point, And they're going to be angry with you. And you're going to be rejected by them. And then you're going to be angry with them. Please watch out. You're a gift to your children. The best way to serve your children is to serve God. Find your identity in God. Because then you can be secure and bless your children. You don't need your children to give you something, but you've got everything to give them. Why? Because God's more than enough for you. Then you get, then you've got a career. You know what I do? I'm going to succeed in my career. I'm going to get there early, leave it late. I'm going to do everything. When I get home, they say, where were you? Don't you understand? I'm making a living. Who puts this food on this table? It's me. I'm God. Then you retire. You go through another crisis. Anyway, no one needs me. No one acknowledges what I've done for them. All temporary. Your career can be a blessing. Your marriage is a blessing. Your children are a blessing. But they're only a blessing when God is your God. They're only a blessing. But when God's not your God, your career is playing God. Your marriage is playing God. Your finances. If God's not your God, you're going to have to find a new town to live in, a country to move to, because supposedly that's your God. That's a dangerous place. You position yourself for a crisis. So you and I need to lean in and build our life on the rock, on security, on, on what God has said. John 8, verse 31, 32 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You need to free yourself in your identity in Christ. This is one of the most freeing places to live. You, you're walking into rooms fulfilled by Christ, having everything to offer, needing nothing. You're not a victim. You, you're not about to get done in, but you are blessed by God to be a blessing you know who declared it? David. Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. It's actually one of the most key verses when it comes to identity. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, Peter, Jesus speaking to the disciples, says, who do they say I am? And the disciples say, they say you this, and they say you um, this and that. And he says, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you the Lord. Jesus turns to Peter and says, on that rock, on that statement, I'll build. On that, I'll build. Peter was known as a reed. He was Simon the reed. He was like a pebble, but he said something that was a rock. Even in your weakest moment, you can declare things that are rocks, that are foundational. No matter what you're facing, and your confession's important. So David says, the Lord... We've gone through that in the world. A lot of things have been shaken. My marriage is my shepherd. I shall not want. My children, they are my shepherd. The economy is my shepherd. I shall not want. The government is my shepherd. This country is my shepherd. What's your shepherd? The downside is if it's not the Lord, everything else is temporary. And there's a lot of want in the temporary. The temporary has never been designed to fulfill you. It's actually been designed to stir up more thirst. That's why the woman at the well, she comes, she's been married many times, and, and, and Jesus says to her, 
where's your husband? And she says, he says, now I know you've been married. Now the guy living with not married to you, but let me give you water that causes you never thirst again. She says, where do you get this water? You don't have a bucket. He says, I'm, no, I'm the Messiah. But the world will give you things that will cause you to want more and never be satisfied. But God will put his word in you and fulfill you and fill you up. So the crazy thing about Psalm 23, the whole scripture, what's, what's, the, what's, what's David speaking about? Anyone know? I'd say sheep, hey? Anyone agree? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Would you guys agree? It's crazy. Sheep are never mentioned in that scripture once. How do we come to the conclusion that the scripture focuses on sheep? Well, it's because of who he calls the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. This is what I want to teach you quickly. When you know who the Lord is, you'll know who you are. The world is fixated on trying to find their own identity. When the key is to actually discover who God is. You discover who your shepherd is. Uh, what do we learn about the shepherd? That he'll, he'll lead you, he'll guide you, he'll protect you, he'll feed you, he'll give you peace. These are all the things you need to flourish. And that's what he'll provide. Uh, what we also learn is that sheep, anyone ever been on a farm and, and had an encounter with sheep? Anyone? I was on a farm once, I was on a bicycle, and these little lambs were running away, and I had to go fetch them and bring them back. They continuously, they just went astray. And you and I are the same. We naturally, in our natural state, we stray. So you know what God does? Becomes a shepherd. The cool thing as well is, is sheep are owned. They, they're not just led, they're owned. To have sheep, you have to buy them. Now, when, when I started off in the church, we did a lot of albums, and I used to write songs, and then it, it was, I know, way back, we used to make CDs, way back, you know, way back. And, and so I used to write the song, I owned the song, my name was on it, and then I used to go buy the album when it was out. I doubly owned it in a way. Like I owned the song, and then I owned the album. It's the same thing with you. God made you. You, he, your, his name is on your life. And then you went astray. And then he bought you. And you're now his sheep. And you and I need to settle in the fact that God is a good shepherd. And it shows us that we are a sheep and he'll take care of us. So I'm going to give you nine points. Let's see if I get to them. Last service I only got to seven. You guys might be more blessed than them. Get all nine. So we're going to acknowledge a number of truths um, that answer the question, who am I, and enable us to establish our identity in Christ. Number one, God was personally involved in all aspects of my creation, and He did a marvelous job. I need you to know that everyone in this room, He did a marvelous job on you. Psalm 139 verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. When you think your spouse is complex, God did it right there. Anyway, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. 
God did a marvelous job on you. You're made by God. People can try to put some wording on you or try to bring you down, but you've been made by the creator of the universe, and it says he did a marvelous job on you. You're wonderfully and you're skillfully made. Sometimes you need to wake up every morning and remind yourself of that. You're going to walk into meetings and through life differently when you wake up and realize that you're wonderfully made. That he saw every day ahead of you and he saw every day you'd walk into and he made you wonderfully for those days. You are perfect for the day ahead. Um, I'm God's very special beloved creation and he thinks, th um, he thinks good things about me all the time. Psalm 139, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. I want to let you know, when you wake up and think negative thoughts about yourself, none of those line up with God's thoughts about you. God is thinking great thoughts about you continuously. And if you would get your head around those thoughts, you would live totally differently. He thinks good thoughts about you continuously. You can't even count them. You, will be able, you won't be able to grasp them. If you spend every minute of the day thinking about it, there's still too many thoughts. He thinks good things about me. Number two, I'm God's masterpiece created for a significant life-changing purpose. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. You can't trump God's purpose in your life. It's already been declared in heaven. It's settled. There is purpose over your life. You might feel your life's meaningless as you go to work or wake up, whatever you can do tomorrow, but you are walking in purpose. God's declared it. The whole world can come against you, but you can just lift your eyes up and remember that you've got purpose. All of a sudden, you're back into purpose. If it's just you and God, you're in the majority. You can feel that everything's against you. God is for you. He's made you on purpose. You don't have to just wander through this life. You can walk confidently knowing that God has set you apart. Number three, God created me in his own spiritual image, so I'm capable of having an intimate and blessed relationship with him. Genesis 1 verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male, female, he created them. You, you were made in God's image for the purpose of relating to God. That car alarm. Anyway, I don't know. Can anyone identify whose car alarm? Anyway, like you just have a sense. It's your, you know. That's going to distract some. Could you guys help me not be distracted? Okay. You were made in God's spiritual image for the purpose of having a relationship with Him. If you feel disconnected from God, I'll let you know that you have been designed for a relationship. You've got everything already going for you when it comes to a personal relationship with God. You can wake up, you can be in traffic, you can be wherever you are, and you can speak to Him. You've been designed in His image to connect with Him. You can put some worship on, you can walk on the beach, but, but you've got everything going for you when it comes to a relationship with Him. You were the first one He created. He created you before the beginning of the, the earth. He, he put His print on you. He put His design on you. You're wonderfully and skillfully made for a relationship with Him. Number four, God predestined me to become like His Son, Jesus, because He knew in the eternal past that I'd give my heart to Jesus. 
Romans 8 verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that we might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God's designed you and he predestined that you become like Jesus. When it comes to you becoming more like Jesus, again, there's a lot in your favour. You can get caught up in your natural state and what's against that, but actually there's so much more for you because God is for you becoming more like Jesus. And you can wake up and, and step on this journey. You don't have to wonder, will I ever become more like Jesus? Will I ever change my heart? No, no, I believe it in Jesus' name. Yes, it's gonna happen. As you get up, say, God, I know you designed me for this and I'm gonna pursue you. And as I do this, will you change me? Uh, you can experience it. I'm called by God who chose me before even before He even created the earth. Ephesians 1 verse 4, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight, in love. Number five, I'm forgiven by God of all my sins and I do not remain under condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1, Therefore, since there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I've been set free from the power and slavery of sin through the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I have been set free. You can feel dominated by your past, but according to Scripture, He's already paid the price for your sin. There's no condemnation in Christ. And I've told you the story years back, but my dog, when I was in primary school, died. And we lived there, back in the Malpas in Dana Fontaine, and I the dog died and we buried my dad buried the dog in the field across the road me and my friend the next week stupidly went and dug up the dog I didn't take him out I just saw him and we put sand back but imagine I took him out put a lead around him and walked him around the community you guys would say I'm nuts hey guys here's my dog you guys would all say that's a dead dog anyone other people would go ew that's a dead dog come on you know, sometimes we're so, we're so gripped by our past and our struggles that we carry it around with us. And we always tell people, these are my struggles. And people are going, bro, that's a dead dog, bro. That's actually the weaker part of your life. Look at who you are in Christ. There's more for you in Christ than what's against you in your flesh. And, and you need to see that you are a new creation. Sin has lost its grip on you. You can wake up and start to live for God. Number six, I am, I am adopted. I am an adopted child in the family of God who received all the rights of natural child when I accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. Galatians 4 verse 7. So you're no longer a slave but God's child. And since you are a child, God has made you also an heir. I'll let you know there's a great inheritance for you. I believe you'll experience it on earth, but even more in heaven. You've got so much to live for. You've got so much ahead of you. You've got so much breakthrough. You've got so much inheritance waiting for you. You've got so much favor because you're a child of God. You might want to quit. You might want to pull back, but that's the temporary trying to dictate to you, to you supposedly what your identity is. But according to Scripture, you're an heir. You're a child of God, adopted by God. You've got so much to live for. You are blessed by God. Number seven. I'm personally cared for by my loving Heavenly Father like a prized possession. He's the source of all good things in my life. 
and gives me everything I need. I'm protected from danger, especially emotional and spiritual danger, but also the physical because the Lord is my refuge and strength and my identity is fully in Him. I'm strong and courageous because the Lord is with me everywhere I go. You can wake up every day and declare that I'm protected, I'm blessed, I'm favoured, I'm a child of God. Let's just close our eyes and let's just come before God and thank Him that He's our Father. Thank You, Jesus, that You are our Lord. We shall not want. Thank You that You care for us, the work You've done in our life, how You've made us, that You've given us purpose, that You've made us to have an intimate relationship with You, that You, you allow us to become more like Jesus that there's no condemnation now in Christ over our lives. God, that the old is gone, the new has come. I'm a new creation. Thank You, Jesus, that You are the Good Shepherd and that we are Your children. Just in this place, if you haven't made Him Lord of your life, or maybe you've drifted, He's not Lord of your life. How do you know it? Well, He's not first. You understand, Jesus has never come second or third. And if He's not first in your life, it means He's not Lord of your life. If He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. And, and how we do that is we come to Him, we acknowledge that He's the Son of God, we confess. We also believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. He's defeated death. We ask Him to forgive us of our sins. And we ask Him to be the Lord of our life. If you need to do that this morning, you don't have to, you, the, the way you do it is you, you receive it. It's a free gift. You don't earn it, but you acknowledge that you need it. And in that space of confession, acknowledging that you need Him and declaring, we receive our forgiveness. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. All I want to ask you to do is close your eyes out of respect for anyone who wants to pray that prayer. If that's you, you, you need to make Him the Lord of your life. You, have to, you want to ask Him to forgive you. So for some, you're coming back to Him. For others, for the first time, you're making the Lord of your life. I'd love to lead you in that prayer. All I'm going to ask you to do is just put your hand up boldly with a, with a joy, receive Him. Awesome. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just saying, I want to, I want to make Him Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's quickly pray. I'm going to ask you, let's do this church family. We're going to confess. We're going to come to Him. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. I confess that you're the Son of God. I believe in my heart that you conquered death when God raised you from the grave. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, I'm changed. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give Him praise in this place. So just as we end, you have seen there's a side door open on that side. If you put your hand up, we'd love to pray with you. You can go there by yourself or with your family member. We've got prayer counselors. If you put, didn't put your hand up, but you prayed that prayer and you want someone to pray with you, you can go there as well. Or if you need prayer, you can go to that Salvation Room. Then if you want us to pray for you in the week, there are prayer cards in the seat cover in front of you or if you're in the front row under your chair. You don't have to put your name on the prayer card if it's a private prayer request. You can just fill it in and we will cover you in prayer, our prayer team and our staff. So you wake up knowing, hey, 
They've got my back and we're going to pray with you. Then if you need info, you can also use that card or the best way is to go to the red banner straight out the doors, find out about View Group or Growth Track. If you want to get your tickets, you'll see you can grab your tickets. There'll be people who try to make it easier. So there's, a, there's lines and there's some people standing on the side. So you can grab your tickets for yourself and your kids and then for your work colleagues or friends you want to invite. And then we will put up the rest of the points. I missed out on two points. We'll put that up on social media in the week so that you can screenshot it, download it. So you can put those, you can put those confessions and declare them over your life. Tonight, Dieter's um, show will be preaching, so it'll be slightly different around your identity in God. So you can join us again. Have a great Sunday. God bless you guys.